Therefore, since the world has still much good, but much less good than ill, and while the sun and moon endure, luck's a chance, but trouble's sure, I'd face it as a wise man would, and train for ill and not for good. Now this is what I call a dramatic introduction. <laughs> you know, I spent a lot of time talking about the importance of training and competition, and I've done a fair bit of both, though not as much as I'd like. And over time, I thought about the advice that I would go back and give myself if I were to go back to my very first time. And if you've hung around many training-oriented message boards or popular instructors, some of this is probably not news to you. But I wanted to capture it from my perspective. And while I was at it, I also asked around our community to chime in and see if I was missing anything. And to my surprise, we're all pretty much had the same perspective. And I think this stems from the kind of introspective and thoughtful person that tends to read the blog and listen to the podcast. And on that note, I want to say hello and welcome to the Everyday Marksman, the podcast where it is all about tactical skills for living a more adventurous life. I am your host, Matt Robertson, former military officer turned tech sector corporate grunt shooting enthusiast, outdoors nerd, and your friend. This is episode number 45. And our website is everydaymarksman.co, and there you're going to find all of our show notes for today, our social links, our awesome blog and community of marksmen just like you. I want to say welcome, and on today's episode, we're talking about the things that I wish I knew if I was to go back and start training at the very beginning. And quick shout out for the credit on this one. That opening quote was a poem by A.E. Houseman, read by Tom O'Bedlam. He has a whole channel on YouTube called Spoken Verse. It's pretty awesome if you're at all into poetry and uh, you want to impress some people with your knowledge and <laughs> literacy, I guess. Uh, whatever, I want to go down that path. Let's start talking about today's episode. Like many firearms enthusiasts, I have followed a general progression. It wasn't always serious or about personal capability or developing an edge. In the beginning, it was, oh, that's cool. I want it because it's fun. It reminded me of the video games I used to play growing up. And then from there, it became, I want to impress the internet. And I would spend days and weeks obsessively researching just the right parts to assemble for something that was worthy of kudos from total strangers. And eventually that became, you know, I should learn how to use this well. And today it's, this is but a powerful tool backing a broad skill set. Now I want to focus on this period between trying to impress strangers on the internet and instead focusing on building skills. And I don't want to date myself here, but you know, this whole journey took over the course of about 14 years. And, and what I'm talking about right now happens probably around 2011. This is where I started seeking out training and competition, even if it was informal. I went back and I read a lot of after action reports and I read tips and tricks and books. And when I finally got out there to start my training, it turned out that I still had a lot to learn and frankly, relearn even though a lot of people had already been telling me the same things. So rule number one of today is I'm going to tell you some key, some key takeaways from my background here, and I hope you take away take them away with you, but I realize if you're just getting started, you're probably going to learn these things again on your own. So take notes, but don't, don't beat yourself up if you can't remember. All right, now let's get into it. There are three 
things I want to focus on, three keys that are in this topic, the instructor, your equipment, and the learning mindset. Now, these are intentionally pretty broad because there's a lot to each one, and each of these areas has a lot of little lessons learned over time. And like I said, I'm going to share a few important ones here, but these all just aren't from me. These are from members of our own community over at the Everyday Marksman Discord channel. Now, let's get into it, starting with the instructor. If you're like me and training isn't paid for by your employer, then you don't have unlimited funds to spend on just anyone who calls themselves an instructor. So you have to prioritize. And first off, you need to know what you're signing up for and what you plan to take away from it. Is this a marksmanship-focused training course like Appleseed? Are you signing up for something more tactical? Now, it might sound obvious, but you're going to learn things in one that you probably won't learn in the other. Of all the tactical classes that I've been to, marksmanship was little more than a footnote in the curriculum. It was encouraged, probably talked about, even expected before you got there, but it ultimately wasn't the point of the course, and they didn't teach it that thoroughly. Now, likewise, at the marksmanship classes that I've been to, the focus was on the raw fundamentals of position building, sight picture, breathing, and all the elements of good shooting, but they weren't really going to talk about how to shoot, reload, and manipulate your weapon really quickly. I'm not saying one is better than the other. In fact, you probably need to learn both. They're all tools in your toolbox. I'm saying that you should make a plan so that you know what you want to learn and when. Once you know that, then you find the instructor who's a good fit for you and that topic. Now, if I'm there to learn marksmanship, I don't necessarily care if the instructor has been in a gunfight. But I am interested if they compete or if they have a record they can point to that shows that they actually have experience with what they're teaching. On the flip side, if it's a tactical class, I don't really care if they're world-class competitors. But I do care if they can teach me relevant and real tactics that they, they have learned lessons from. Did they learn from the school of Call of Duty or from a military unit? If they were in the military, were they a highly trained ground pounder with infantry team tactics? Or are they a high-speed door kicker for teaching CQB? They're not necessarily the same thing. Maybe they were law enforcement. They have a great perspective on spotting threats and de-escalating them first. Now, equally important to the background of the instructor is whether or not they're actually good teachers. This is an area I actually have a lot of experience with, both as a military officer and as a civilian. And I can tell you that just because someone is really good at doing something does not mean they're a good teacher on the topic. Being a good instructor requires great communication skills and patience, the ability to plan and be humble. Teaching others is not the time to flash your own ego. It's, it's not about you. It's about the student. And I feel like a lot of people lose sight of that. And this brings back the question at hand. What do I wish I had known about getting training before I got training? And I wish I had spent more time planning a progression of what I wanted to learn from the fundamentals of marksmanship all the way through team-based fieldcraft. Then, knowing the plan, also understand who was going to teach these things in a credible way. Now let's talk about the equipment. Gear is the most talked about, yet least settled topic. Everyone loves gear because it's easy. The honest truth here 
is that the thing I wish I had known going in equipment matters. It's, but it's literally the least important element to worry about. You're going into a training environment and you are allowed to make mistakes. Well, uh, let me pause. (laughs) You're allowed to make mistakes unless your mistake is some gross safety violation, like flagging a classmate or the instructor. Don't do that. That, that ends in a bad day. The point, though, is that you should definitely not wait to attend training until you think your gear is completely squared away. There is simply no such thing as perfect. And even after years of doing training competition, you will still always be experimenting, tinkering, and modifying your gear. So what better place to shake things out than at a training class? Sure. You might embarrass yourself if you make some grave error in how you set something up, you, you attach the pouch wrong, or your optic is, is not in the right spot, or, or, or whatever, but then you've learned from it, and you made the mistake in training rather than in real life, where the penalty is going to be far, far worse. Your equipment only has to be good enough that it works for what you're looking to learn. Run what you have until it breaks, and then use what you learn from it breaking to improve on it for the next time. And this is a far better option than blowing a credit card or pinching pennies for some high-dollar piece of gear that you'll never train with or shake out because you're holding out for the next item in your requirements list. Remember what John Simpson said way back in episode two, the man who trains with a stick will defeat the man who plays with a sword. Now, all of that said, I have a couple more tips of practical advice when it comes to gear and what to bring to a training course. So number one, zero your weapon and know your zero. In a lot of courses I've been to, there is not going to be time to zero before you start. They expect you to have already done that before you show up. So consider having a zero weapon is just minimum responsibility. Next is bring as many loaded magazines as you can. You know, if you can avoid loading mags during the day between the drills, between the lessons, then all the better. That means that there's less downtime and you can focus on taking notes, talking with the instructors, talking with your classmates while everybody else is loading mags. There was one I did a couple years ago with about four days worth and I never had to load a magazine at the range. It was great, but I spent a lot of time every evening reloading all my mags. Now on that note, take more ammo then the class says it needs. I'd say at least 25 to 50% more. If it says bring 1,000 rounds of ammo, bring 1,500 rounds. I have never been to a class where we only shoot what they said I had to bring. It's usually a lot more. Now carry weapons lube and keep it handy. A couple episodes ago, I told a story about a, a rifle that died on the first day of training in the dirt because I forgot to lube it. <laughs> And I forgot to bring lube to the range. Oops. Now, luckily, I had another rifle. So the day continued. On that note, bring an extra rifle. In fact, bring an extra everything if you can. Because even if your gear works out perfectly, having a spare meant someone else could use it if their stuff didn't work out. And that will both make you a hero of the day and keep things moving along, but also make sure that that training keeps moving. Now, the last point here is about a learning 
mindset. I'm sure you've heard the phrase growth mindset and fixed mindset in the past. And they're, they're squishy psychological topics that come up all the time in corporate leadership training or motivational talks. You know, it's not useless though. And I think there's something from it to take away. The piece of advice I would go back and give myself here is to be open to criticism and feedback, even if you don't agree with it. Personally, I'm the kind of kind of guy who always has this idea tucked in the back of my mind that I might always be wrong about something. So I never get too attached to any particular idea or position. Now, over time, given evidence and experimentation, this allows me to refine my position on just about anything. This is a growth mindset, and it's the one I advocate for. There's always something new to learn. Now, with a training class, it's easy to go in thinking that you already know the right way to do something. Maybe you've been to other training classes from other experts, but you'll be faced with an instructor who has a different take. And this will quickly cause hurt feelings, defensiveness, or worse. You need to realize that for any problem, there are usually multiple ways to solve it. And I've seen a lot of instructors depending on their background, take different approaches to everything from the proper kneeling position to clearing certain malfunctions and even how to communicate in a gunfight. A lot of the time, this goes back to how that particular person was trained to do it. And you know what? It works for them. It worked for their unit. They are teaching a way to do something. And that way might be different than your way. And there's nothing wrong with that. But keep in mind that that instructor is not very likely to stop what they're doing and adopt your way in the middle of a course. So accept that there are multiple tools in the toolbox and you are free to test and evaluate them and see what works best for you. Now, this is a learning mindset and you should try and adopt it for just about everything in your life. Now, as a couple of bonus items, as we're coming up to about whew, 15 minutes in this episode, Coming to the end, I have a couple of bonus items you stuck around, and this is just a few more bits of practical advice before you go to a training event or even a match. So number one, plan to be outside all day. Whether that means sun, rain, snow, asteroid strikes, whatever, you're going to be exposed to the elements. So bring a hat, sunblock, bug spray, and appropriate clothing. Bring a lot of water. I plan for at least a gallon of water a day to keep myself topped off, but don't forget to actually drink it. The very first apple seed event I ever went to, I missed my rifleman patch because I, even though I had brought the water, I didn't drink it. And by the time we actually got around to shooting the AQT in the afternoon desert sun, my vision was blurring up from all the dehydration and I missed it. That sucked. Something else to bring along that not a lot of people really talk about is is a chair, a lawn chair or a folding chair so you can sit down and and rest. A lot of classes take place in, in the middle of nowhere and there's not really chairs. So bring one. And then you can take notes. Now, I like to bring along a little write in the rain pad so I can write in any write in any weather condition, you know, use a pen, pencil, whatever, but also bring in a little camera. Use your phone, maybe, but take photos where you can, which by the way, it means don't take pictures of other people or their stuff. That tends to get a little, a little questionable. But feel free to take, take pictures where you can. 
And lastly, and probably most important, don't get complacent ever. Nothing will ruin a training class quicker than that guy, the one who got careless with the weapon and and flagged the instructor or had a, had a negligent discharge into the dirt, or, or hopefully no one actually ever gets shot. So hey, bring along a first aid kit too everywhere you go. I take one to the every training class, every competition, and every range trip. I've always got a couple a big old first aid kit with a couple tourniquets. That is it. That is my my lessons today. So get out there, go train, and make sure you keep a learning mindset. Know your instructor, know what you want to learn, and have good enough gear that you can make mistakes and learn from it. Now, if you like today's episode, I encourage you to come up by the website at everydaymarksman.co and hit that big green subscribe button so I can keep you on the email list, let you know when there's new things coming out new events coming up and you can also connect with our awesome community of marksmen trying to improve their tactical skills for their daily life just like you all right that is going to be it for me i'll see you next week Take care.